Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the voice of Pittsburgh, KDK Radio. I'm Angino. Thank you very much for tuning in. National Guard troops all throughout Washington, D.C. And they're there to keep a peace, uh, expected to be there through the end of the month. Uh, National Guard troops from uh, not only uh, the neighboring states of Maryland and Virginia, uh, also New Jersey, I understand Delaware, Pennsylvania, Governor Wolf sending out down some National Guard troops. One of the big questions being asked right now is why were they not made available, on, especially on the national side, earlier uh, when this entire incident unfolded yesterday afternoon? And why were they not put in place in anticipation of what could have happened just to be on the safe side for no other reason, just an abundance of caution. Let's talk about this right now. CBS News military analyst Jeff McCausland is joining us on the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. Jeff, welcome back to KDK Radio. Good to have you. Robert, it's a great pleasure to be with you. Your thoughts about the National Guard and their their non-use yesterday early in the day, the delay of their use, and now their extended presence in Washington? Well, there's no doubt about it. I think, uh, as you suggest, there needs to be some kind of a, I think, congressionally directed investigation of why we lack total preparedness for this very shocking assault on our nation's capital that occurred yesterday. As far as the deployment of the National Guard, you know, D.C., oddly enough, is a very complicated situation legally in terms of overlapping legal jurisdictions. The mayor of Washington is not like a governor of a particular state. She, in this case, Mayor Bowser, does not have authority to call out the District of Columbia National Guard. She is not under their command. They are actually under the command of the President of the United States because of the District of Columbia. So whereas Governor Wolf here in Pennsylvania could call out the Guard if he needed to, if there had been a natural disaster or if he thought there was going to be a civil disturbance in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or even Harrisburg. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she can't do that. Uh, She made a request a couple days prior to this very well-known planned demonstration for 340 National Guardsmen. Pentagon did, in fact, uh, uh, agree to that. Uh, But they were deployed sort of on the periphery for more traffic control issues, et cetera. On top of that, then, the other federal agencies, which are really responsible for security and actually responsible for security on the Capitol. The Capitol Police, for example, do not come under the authority of the mayor. They are actually a federal agency. And if you compare this, for example, to back in June where we had the Black Lives Matter demonstration, this massive deployment of federal agencies from Homeland Security, the FBI, the U.S. Park Service Police, the Capitol Police, et cetera, 
these agencies didn't respond. Uh, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, for example, sent out about 100 officers, much tinier than they had done back in June. Uh, Homeland Security, uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security was actually traveling in Bahrain when this particular uh, crisis uh, broke out. So these 340 guys were deployed, and obviously that was totally inadequate, as we saw, and the Capitol Police were, in fact, uh, overwhelmed in the process. And this is doubly odd, because looking back on in retrospect, if you look at the social media sites of a number of these right-wing terrorist groups that have been very open about what they're thinking about over the last few months. They've been talking about a violent protest on this particular day in Washington for many, 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 many weeks. They even gave a name of it. They called it the wild protest that we're planning. So for some reason, even though federal agencies monitor these websites, we had these groups who had been you know, involved in violent demonstrations, a couple of which had been involved in this plan to kidnap the governor of Michigan, for example. Mm-hmm. We knew they were coming. We knew what day they were going to be there. We knew they were talking about a violent demonstration, but we saw no reaction. What can you tell us about reports during the middle of the afternoon yesterday that there were requests made for more National Guard troops and that the request was being delayed, if not denied? Well, the District of Columbia City Council actually put out a press release today in which they said they were astonished by the fact that they had made that request and it was denied. Now, that request goes to the Secretary of Defense, in this case, Acting Secretary of Defense, Chris Miller, who fulfills that requirement in lieu of the President of the United States back to that National Guardsman, in fact, reporting to the chief executive and not to directly to the mayor. And they were astonished by that. Now, eventually, eventually, Miller did call out the rest of the D.C. National Guard, increasing that number from the 340 that Bowser had initially requested before the event and had been approved Mm -hmm. to the total number of 1,100. What's doubly interesting to me and somewhat shocking in all this is President Trump is nowhere involved in this decision at all. The acting Secretary of Defense said he discussed this with the Chief of Staff, the Chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff, I'm sorry, General Mark Milley, he discussed it with the Vice President of the United States, but there's no record that I have found that he discussed this decision to move forward the National Guard with the President himself. And in fact, on the other side of the coin, uh, who could have imagined that a serving President of the United States would actually appear in front of a crowd which had talked about violence and in many cases in his speech actually urged them on to do that? When it comes to uh, our image around the world, there have been a lot of question marks from allies and adversaries. Uh, is there a vulnerability in your estimation over the course of the next two weeks uh, that Huge. got heightened as a result of what took place yesterday? Huge. Huge vulnerability. You know, it's sadly, I'm old enough to remember the, the 13, 14 days in October of 1962 where you might say the very existence of the nation hung in the balance during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And in some ways, the next 13 or 14 days could be a period of being equally daunting and not be hyperbolic, but I really think that unfortunately uh, that is the case. One has to believe, we've already heard their comments from coming out of Tehran, coming out of Moscow, coming out of Beijing, where there's no doubt that our adversaries are just delighted to see American democracy being undermined publicly as a public spectacle makes it almost impossible for the United States to criticize the conduct of any government against its population around the world, or, in fact, criticize a country about its inability to conduct a peaceful transfer of power. Hmm. So they're just delighted to see the United States in disarray. And my guess is, Jeff, is that... 
My guess is, I, I hate to do this, but my guess is that this is going to continue for quite some time, that, that these adversaries are going to be able to go back and reference the previous president Absolutely. who's going to continue to say that this election was stolen from him, that you can't trust a fair democratic process, and there, there really wasn't that peaceful transfer. So it's going to delegitimize the government from the eyes of our adversaries moving forward for some time. That's absolutely correct. And even our allies, I mean, it's interesting, Prime Minister uh, uh, Boris Johnson of Great Britain called what happened in Washington yesterday disgraceful. And he said, you know, the United States serves as that sort of paradigm beacon of democracy around the world as an example. And it's now very difficult, if not impossible, for us to do that. And even for the Biden administration coming in, it's going to take a long period of time. It's not going to be an automatic that's going to occur once Joe Biden finishes giving his inaugural address. It's going to take a long period of time the United States to reestablish that moral high ground where, in fact, we can do that. And that, that's one of the difficult and sad casualties of what occurred not only yesterday, but I think, frankly, throughout a significant period of time of the Trump administration. Jeff, 30 seconds. Do you think that the vice president's willingness to go to the inauguration will have any uh, positive effects when it comes to the concerns that we're expressing here now? Yes, without question, because the most fundamental thing about a democracy, which makes you a democracy, is the peaceful transfer of power. And we Americans take that precious thing as a given, when around the world that's not the case. It's not so much important in a democracy that you have a first election. What's really important is a second election, and that the government leaving power can peacefully transfer to a new government. So now it's virtually impossible and probably counterproductive to have Mr. Trump show up at the inaugural ceremony, the vice president being there, helps to underscore and build back what you and I talked about, Mm -hmm. the importance that uh, that the United States, as the longest-serving democracy, can peaceful transfer power from one president to another. CBS News military analyst Jeff McCausland joining us on the Disk Institute at Pittsburgh Newsline. Jeff, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Robert.